Hey everybody, if you haven't already, make sure to check out our post from Friday. We have a super amazing opportunity for you to be trained and equipped and run with Braveheart, and we would love to have you join us. So make sure to check out the podcast that we just released with all the info. And here's this episode. And I'm going to say this straight up to you that if you allow God to minister to your heart and truly open up to the wisdom and the words and... um the experience that Bishop and Peter have through this podcast, it will truly change your life and your walk with God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Braveheart Podcast, where we help you discover how you can walk in freedom with God and freedom from sin because of the work of Jesus on the cross. Um, This week, we are continuing, and this is actually our last week of the Braveheart Vault, which is a series where we've been taking some of our favorite episodes from the last couple years, and we're bringing them back and having people share testimonies about how these episodes have been impactful to them. So this is part three, actually, of an interview that Peter had with T.D. Jakes back in 2019. And so this is the third part. If you haven't listened to the other parts, you can still listen to this one first. It doesn't really matter if they're in consecutive order, but I would encourage you to listen to the other two because they're all really amazing and packed with wisdom. So I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Braveheart Podcast. My name is Joshua Lopez and I've been running with Braveheart for a little while now. Um, I actually listened to this podcast back in 2019 when it had first come out. And I didn't realize until just now when I'm listening back as a refresher how much um, repercussions it has had on my life. And I'm going to say this straight up to you that if you allow it, if you allow God to minister to your heart and truly open up to the wisdom and the words and um, the experience that Bishop and Peter have through this podcast— it will truly change your life and your walk with God. And what it did for me, um, it allowed me to welcome the discipline of the Father and allow me to see the greater reality of what is happening in trials in my life. And for the longest time, I felt like I was being overlooked. I felt like I was out in the field just slaving away and with the sheep. But in actuality, Um, Bishop says this phrase, he says, are you being buried or are you being planted? And from the outside, it looks the same, but from the inside, God actually planted me in a place where um, I may have felt overlooked. I may have felt like I was dying, but in the dying, as seeds have to die in order to grow, I died. And now I'm seeing the the fruit of that death, that part of me that had to die in order for the good things to come out. And it's only through the crushing that those good things come out. And also the wisdom and the words, the the experience that Bishop and Peter have, um, it will allow you to dive deeper into the word, to see Jesus um, in the old covenant. And it is just amazing. So I bless you and I allow you to, um, to have permission to welcome the discipline of the Father, to um, welcome the comfort of God in the crushing in order for Christ to be formed in you. Um, So I bless you and I love you. And I hope, 
I pray and I know that through these podcasts, through these three-part series, your life will truly be changed. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. Uh, I just had a question as, um, from what I'm hearing, the book is mainly about crushing as an individual, uh, but someone uh, who is a businessman and has written a book on entrepreneurship, um, is crushing required in a corporate setting? Um, absolutely. You don't, you don't, uh, absolutely required in a corporate setting. You learn through the question. You can take all the business classes you want. You can come out with a degree in business. You can come out and, and learn all of the organizational infrastructure for building a C-Corp or S-Corp or, or LLP or a not-for-profit or whatever you want to learn. You, we can talk all about organizational charts and we can talk about uh, ROIs, return on investment, all of that. That's nice. You got all the terms and all the knowledge of it. Till you get the experience, you don't know beans. Until you run out of money, you don't know means. Until you're sitting up all night and you're worried about payroll, you don't know anything. Until you made payroll but you didn't get paid yourself, you don't know anything. Until you had to scale back and take the job and do two people's jobs because you could only hire this one person or you had to lay off somebody you really needed but you didn't have enough money. That experience, that crushing, that process teaches you what to worry about, what matters, what's normal, what's normal. What's normal that, that a startup corporation is going to fluctuate financially, that the first three years are going to be tenuous, that it is normal to run out of money, that it is normal to need capital, that it is normal to work long hours. Those are things that experience teaches you in business. And after you have been through a crushing, then when those seasons come, you immediately know what to do because you have been through them before. I can't write to you and tell you what to do. You understand not only what to do, what to think, how to feel about it, how to not be swayed by it. You, you begin to look at it and you have a different perspective on it. You cannot do an, an effective analysis on a business without comparing year to year where you were this time last year. Hmm. So every year you have to compare it to, after a while you begin to understand, oh, we always drop in October. We dropped in October last year. Oh, we're doing 25% above what we, do, what we normally do in December. You can't even tell what success is without history. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because to say, oh, we're doing good, good compared to what? What is good? You know, this is a successful business. Compared to what? You can only compare it to the previous years. So the more experience you, you get, the more data you tabulate, wow. and the more you can better understand what progress is. Because progress is a nebulous term. I'm, I, I can't stand when it comes to business, nebulous terms. We're doing great. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. We're doing, it's, it's getting better, Pastor. It's getting better. What does better mean? I'm on a film set. Uh, it's, it's going good. We're, uh, compared to what? You know, the box office reports are coming in. How, how good is it? I need to know exactly what good is compared to what? Mm -hmm. It's a number one comedy. I did the number one, number three, number three, number three uh, show, uh, comedy show. No, it was the number three movie of the week. It was the number one comedy show, okay? And, and I was the producer on the show. It's the number one comedy. It's number three in a line. That means that the two movies that above it were not in the same genre. Mm -hmm. So in the genre of a comedy show, mine was the number one comedy. So, so success is always relative to something else. 
success cannot exist apart from comparison. So whether you're comparing it with yourself, okay, your previous historical data, or this is good for the region compared to the region, all of that is a result of the experiences that you tabulate. The hardest thing about starting a business is learning what not to worry about. And only experience will teach you what not to worry about. After you've been in business about five years, you say, oh, this is normal. This, this slump will pass. And you know what to put in reserves for it. And you know how to prepare for it. Only experience can teach you that. So the principle of crushing is just as relevant for business as it is for your personal life, as it is for pastoring, as it is for marriage. Mm -hmm. You don't have a marriage till your marriage has been crushed. Come on. You don't know whether you, oh, we've been faithfully married all of our lives. You haven't been through nothing. You don't know what, how can you say faithfully married until, you, until you've been attacked and been tested, mm. until you wanted to quit and wanted to leave and wanted to run? Crushing is a part. I, I love my wife more because of the crushings than I do the romance. Wow. She proved herself to me not when we were on a boat in the Aegean Sea floating across from the Acropolis in Greece. She proved herself to me when I was sick and throwing up and couldn't move and couldn't get up. I proved myself to her when she had had a five-hour surgery and I lived in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks. It is the adversity that lets you know the level of the commitment of the person. Mm -hmm. See, so what we do when you get married, and this is why, this is why you, the divorce rate is so rampant right now, because we want the wedding, but we don't want the marriage. The wedding only takes 30 minutes. The marriage takes 30 years. So, so you jump in the wedding and you get married, and then when you run into questions, you say, I must have got the wrong one. No, 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 no. You don't know whether it's the right one or the wrong one. It is how you endure the test. It is how you respond to the heartbreak. Mm. It is your commitment to say, you hurt me, but I'm still here. I'm disappointed, but I'm still here. Mm. It, it, is, it is when Superman turns into Clark Kent and you're still there, then you begin to be married. Now, I can pronounce you man and wife in a sentence, but years of enduring afflictions and tests and trials and good times and bad will make you man and wife. So we warn you, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold? We warn you about the crushing, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in death. And then we ask you, do you? And you say, I do. The right from the beginning, like Christ said, take off your cross and follow me. Right from the marriage, the wedding ceremony, we are telling you about the crushings. It's better, but it's going to get worse. <laughs> she's well, but she's going to get sick. <laughs> you know, we, uh, it's good times, but it's going to be bad. And when you say I do, you say I do to both of them. You, you say I do to the crushing. I do to the breaking, that I picked this to be my partner, that even when I'm crazy and stupid and wrong, I picked this to be my partner to go through it with me. If we have a baby and it dies, this is the hand I want to hold when they lower that baby into the ground. 
When mm. my parents leave this world, this is the head I want. This is the chest I want to put my head into when I cry. You are picking out your partner for a series of experiences that define the relationship so that by the time you've been married 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years and the shape is gone and the cute has changed and you're looking over at each other and you're there for a completely different reason because we have endured the crushings of life. That's what makes you valuable to me because you were there when I didn't deserve you. And, and I was there when you didn't deserve me. And we found a way back to each other. We fell in love over 50 years. We might have fallen in love 20 times in and out of love. But we, we worked through it and we made it out. When people tell you they've been happily married for 50 years, laugh. <laughs> Nobody's happily anything for 50 years. You, what the love is proven when you're unhappy and you're still there mm. and you're frustrated and you're still there and you don't have the same sexual appetite and you're still there and one of you betrayed the other one and you're still there and you're going through tests and trials and you work it out. People don't make it 50 years without going through crushings. Now, there is a level of abuse where you have to say, you know, this is not safe for my children. This is not safe for me. I don't negate any of that. But for the most part, anybody who survived, the crushings made them richer, made them better, That's made right. them sure, made them more secure because, because you didn't run from me when the going got tough, when the money ran out, when I lost the car, when I was rejected and ostracized. You were still there when we lost the baby. When my mother stopped breathing, I fell on your chest. And you were there for me. My husband. You earned that. You earned that when you don't even know what to say. And you're just standing there holding them. You're, you're, you're my wife because we lost things together and we gained things together and we won and we failed and we got mad at each other and we worked it out. And I'm not speaking to you. You make me sick. You hungry? You, you, you see, I, I'm fixing something to eat. I'm still mad, but I'm fixing something to eat. You understand what I'm saying? That, that, that's love. That's love. You get on my nerves. I can't stand you. Uh, uh, you I'll drive you to the doctor. Yeah. Is she going to be okay? That's love. I'm talking about real love. I'm not talking about storybook love. Real love is proven through crushings and tests. And what you said in your question is so important because we have a generation that doesn't recognize reality because you're looking for snapshots and filtered pictures and stuff that's not real. That's, that's great on a camera. That's mm -hmm. great on Instagram. That's not real life. You are not going to have a perfect kid. You're going to have a flawed kid. Just because you go to a Christian school doesn't make you unflawed kids. Everything is sitting out there. Everything is in your school. Everything is going on in your life, and you know it. 
And you go to chapel and you sing songs and you say prayers and you know stuff that's going on and you say nothing about it because that's life. That does not take away the fact that it's a Christian school. It does not take away the fact that you're a Christian. It means that you're trying to merge your, your belief system with your humanity and to varying degrees at varying times, you have different experiences. Mm-hmm. That is life. The variables, the fluctuations, the ambiguity, the confusion. And if you endure all of it and land on your feet, then you earn the right to say, I am a man of God. Man first of God. You're still going to be a man. Still going to be a woman. You're never going to run away from being human because God made you to be human. And his strength is made perfect in your weakness, mm. not your strength. Wow. Bishop. I feel like we had church. What a privilege. <laughs> what a privilege. I, I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to ask you a question. I wondered if any of you, you've come from all over the world, you've come from every situation, some of you, are here as a dream. Some of you are here on a wing and a prayer. You're not too young to have been crushed. And I wondered if there was anybody in here courageous enough to share a time that you were crushed and that you came through it anyway. Yes. So I'm 19. Um, I'm from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and a time that I was crushed was before coming to CFNI, I actually was raped, and um, it was a very hard, very angry moment for me, and very just, I blamed the Lord for it completely, but in that moment, he showed me his faithfulness and his fullness, and because of that crushing, because of that season of being angry and just hurt and hating who I was, the Lord has given me a compassion for others to come, help them come through that as well. So that was. What have you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have learned had you been, had you not been through what you've been through? I, I think the thing that I learned most about myself was the strength that Christ has given me because I didn't see it before. And then, you know, now I can see it now looking back and it's just completely different person. You're tougher than you thought, aren't you? Yeah. 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 You wouldn't have learned that any other way. I'm sorry that you went through it. It's, it's, it's a tuition. It's a tuition for the university of life. But now you have a confidence in yourself and you know something about yourself and you know who you are and they, there was a part of you they couldn't get. Congratulations. Give her a big hand. That's, that's good. Who else wants to share a moment that you've been crushed and made it over, right, brother in the blue shirt? How you doing, Bishop? Um, my name is Carlos. Um, the time I got crushed is actually after CFNI. My mentors, my pastor actually didn't speak to me for a year and a half. They didn't even call me. They didn't, And that really destroyed me because I had this this mindset of, you know, having this trust on, on my pastor. And after... And I called them, actually. I actually called them during that year and a half. They never answered. And I felt it in my heart that 
the most important person in my life after my mother was my pastor. It really crushed me. So your question was rejection. Yeah. <sighs> Tell me about your father. Well, he was, he's in Ecuador. He didn't, I didn't grow up with him. You didn't grow up with him? Yeah. So your pastor was your father? In a way. So, so the reason I pulled that out of you without ever even knowing you is that the reason that it hurt so bad is that it reinforced the rejection you already had. So without your father's support in your life and then the rejection of your pastor and you made it anyway, what have you learned about you? I mean, I, I now I saw God as a father. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm talking about chapels, time of um, praying for myself. And even when I try to call them and I didn't pick up, actually, you know how you hang up the phone? Mm -hmm. I got those. And I mean, I learned that I shouldn't depend on someone that was as a father or a leader in my life, but as what the word says. Yeah. You are becoming what you were looking for. Wow. You are becoming the man you were looking for. And, and the reason you don't need it like you used to need it is not just the rejection, it's that the, the accumulation of experiences gives you an opportunity to become the support you were looking for through God in you. And, and those experiences shape you. Sometimes too much help cripples you. Wow. When you, when you don't get everything that everybody got, you had to become what you need. So, so God is raising you through it all. You've never been fatherless. When your natural father wasn't there, you were never fatherless. When, when your pastor rejected you, you were never fatherless. Those were the tools God used to pull the man out of you. Because what a boy wants from his father is to show me how to be a man. And what God has been doing all of your life is showing you how to be a man. And it's coming out in you. And the more it comes out in you, the less you will miss or need somebody to be what you have become. Wow. Congratulations. Welcome to manhood. Wow. Thank you. Hey y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said at the beginning, this is part three of a three-part series and you can listen to the other two if you'd like. They're all really amazing, very packed with wisdom. And this is the end of our Braveheart Vault series. So thank you so much for tuning in. Next week we'll be starting a new series with just some of the um, messages that Peter's been speaking over the last couple months while we've been doing this vault series. Then we have some other really exciting things on the horizon. So stay tuned next week and we'll be announcing those. Blessings.